Another episode of the Behind the You podcast. We are joined by pitcher from the UM baseball team, Andrew Walters. Andrew, thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. So I guess we before I even get to where I was going to start, let's talk about this little rally stash we got. I, I usually thought that was postseason, but we got a preseason rally stash. Yeah, normally every year I try to get the guys together for the, you know, for the first game, maybe a couple weeks. You know, we all try to grow a mustache, too. We all got for the year. And yeah, so it looks like right now. But uh, normally till we lose the first series, but you don't plan on losing the series at all. So hopefully, you know, the stash goes all the way to Omaha. If we can get that to ride to Omaha, that'd be pretty stellar. Yeah, I should have a nice, burly, nasty-looking stash for Omaha. How many participants do we have with you in this journey? I would say right now it's the pitching staff, so we got about we got about 12. Yeah, 12 stashes going. 12, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Do me a favor. Bef- before the first game, I'll have to talk to Josh White. Before the first series, we need a group photo. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we got we to trademark this. All right, so you coming back to school this year was a big deal. I had a chance to get drafted. I think you were pretty open about the, the kind of money you wanted. I think you described it as life-changing money. How did you determine what life-changing money was? Like, what would have gotten you to say yes versus saying no? Honestly, it was upwards of a clean million dollars was my my idea of life-changing amounts of money. For what I had coming back, you know, I put a big price tag on that's for sure you said a clean mil, a mill yeah one clean clean million dollars what's a clean mean like after taxes so like after taxes million dollars i got gotcha. you okay all right that's where the 1.7 1.8 i guess came from yeah, i don't yeah. my i don't fit into that tax bracket but i get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> so without that was it hard to say no or was it easy to say yes to come back honestly it was easy to say yes to come back i mean Playing with your brother, I think, you know, something you don't really get that often for most, you know, collegiate athletes, especially at the D1 level. So I feel like that is a high value in itself. So, you know, that's where I came up with that price tag and I stuck with it all the way, you know, made my decision pretty easy. So for people that don't know, your your younger brother came out of JUCO and is now at Miami and you guys will be pitching together or be on the same team and pitching together this year. Yeah. He's 20. I'm 22 now. So he's two years younger than me, but, you know, growing up and all that, I mean, Basically, we've just been two brothers. You guys are like boys, right? So you're you're in your apartment here. You guys live together yeah. now, right? Like you're really taking advantage of the whole thing this year. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's full throttle. It's just me and him. Now we're like it's like high school again, kind of. Except we're playing D one baseball at a college, living in the same place, doing the same things every single day. It's 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 kind of weird to think about, but yeah, that's us. Now wait, so he's on the pitching staff. So does he have a stash? Oh yeah, he's got a real beard now, but I told him he has to shave it for the season. I gotcha. So growing up two years apart, did you guys ever get to play together before high school? Before high school? Yeah, we played little league. I think a little bit. I was always two years older than him. So the the way that worked out, you know, I think we played once, I guess it was like real young, like machine pitch, maybe we're like nine, 10 years old. Yeah. And then high school, he was a sophomore. I was a senior. So he got, we got to play then too. Healthy competition, like what? What, what was this? I, I literally just broke up a fight. You know, I just broke up a fight between oh. a thirteen-year-old and an eleven-year-old. Yeah, that, that's us right there. I mean, every single day. I feel, I feel like the ages between, you know, probably we're both, you know, standing up around six to probably fourteen, fifteen. I fought him every day. <laughs> and did 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 he ever get one on you? Ah, uh, no. I was always a bigger kid, so I always I always took it out on him. But you know, he likes to instigate. I'm not gonna lie to you. No, that's how it is. That's yeah. how it is. And then when, and how competitive were you with the – so I guess let me back this up. You guys always pitchers. 
Yeah, actually, all the way up till once we got out of high school, then we became true POs. But before then, now we hit. So, like, how competitive was the baseball? Like, were you guys after each other with a yo? I went yard. You didn't go yard. You stink. I'm better. Yeah, my yeah, fastball. Yeah. Absolutely. I think anything like, with a ball. You, dude, you drove your parents crazy. Yeah, anything with a ball. If we had a ball in the yard, wherever in the house, it was it was competition. Unbelievable. It was just every day breaking pictures, something like that. It, it <laughs> kicks out, kicks out, put us outside. You know, playing wiffle ball out there, you know, getting mad, fighting in the yard, all that stuff. A little bit of pressure on the little brother right there, right? Like you came back, go to Omaha, play with him. Like now he's got to perform. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a different level. You know, he's seeing it now. I remember first my first time I'm coming in out of junior college, actually the same junior college. So, I mean, it was that was kind of cool to see. But, you know, yeah, I felt the pressure. I know he's feeling it too. And he's probably feeling a little bit from me just for coming back here, you know, wanting to do that. Uh, I don't think you mentioned it here. Uh, we touched on it a little bit, but Gino talked about just how the desire on your end to not only come back, play with your brother, but really it's important to you to get to Omaha, right? That, yeah. So how important is that and why is that so important? I know it sounds kind of stupid, but in this day and age with the draft and money and whatever, going to Omaha, why did that mean so much? I mean, honestly, it started when I was, you know, when I was young. I love watching college baseball. I love watching the intensity in the playoffs and, uh, you know, I was tired of sitting on my couch every, you know, end of June, July, watching it. So I was like, you know, obviously I wanted to get there. I wanted to play at that level. So I got away. I made my way to Miami. I was like, this is the place to be. This is the place to do it. I mean, I'm tired of sitting on my couch and watching this happen. Ended up sitting on my couch again for the past, you know, two seasons here. But as of now, I mean, I'm chasing it. It's still a dream of mine. You know, it's a cool place. I've never been there. So can't really talk that much about it. But uh, have you thought about taking the mound, though? Yeah, you get like flashes all the time. It gives you chills when you're doing anything. You're just, you're on the mountain. Omaha it could be. You now, last year I thought about closing out the last game. You know, us us out there. You know, winning it all. And I was like, I had chills. I'm like, I'm I'm thinking about it right now. Actually, I mean, it's just something I want to do. I mean, you can't really you never get it back. You know. So yeah, I think it's awesome. So you are, uh, if I have this right, what are you about six four two twenty six four two twenty five? Yep, yep, right on it. And how tall were you your junior year of high school? Junior year of high school, I was probably six two. Yeah. Oh, but but so okay. Didn't you have like some uh, some growth spurt yeah, somewhere? Yeah, was, that was the end of the sophomore year. I okay. was probably five eight, five nine, and then I grew into this like tall, skinny giraffe kind of thing. <laughs> struggling to run, struggling to move, all that. You know, it was pretty rough, rough half year there. But uh, yeah, I grew like around six two, and then I got two. I squeaked out two more inches by my senior year. So pops is six eight. Were you when you were five eight or five ten? Were you like, dude, what, what, where am I getting mine? Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, did I get cheated here? Yeah, I was thinking about my mom. She's five five, and I was like looking at my grandparents. I was like, I don't know, it's my turn out. And Brian was even smaller than I was. I was like, man, we got the short end of the stick here. Yeah, no good. My 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 older one's thirteen. He plays football, and he, you know, he's got another spurt coming. But hey, man, how that how tall you think I'm gonna be? I'm like, I was like, I can't control it. You can't control yeah. it. Those three inches are luck and could determine your in your entire fate but yeah we'll fi we'll find out when we find out yeah absolutely so when you're a 58 pitcher coming out of your sophomore year of high school entering your junior year what are you thinking about where your career is going as a baseball player like do what was college on your mind no absolutely not nothing was really on my mind at that point i was out there having fun i mean being 58 you know i in high school was kind of a little bit rough because you know you want to try you want to play basketball i mean i grew up playing sports so i wanted to play everything but you know seeing those guys on the basketball court i was like I don't <laughs> over here no shot 
I don't fit in on the football field either. So I was like, baseball, you know, all sizes work. So I fit in out there. I always had a pretty good arm. Then ended up growing, you know, doing all this and making some changes. Kept that good arm, and now we're here. So did you always throw hard? Yeah, I always had. I always growing up. I've always had a pretty good arm. I was able to, you know, throw the ball with like, you know, just like fluidity and all that stuff. You know, I always has like a whippy kind of arm, and that kind of just stuck with me. So yeah. I got you. Because now, now you throw pretty good. Are we pushing triple figures? We're trying. I've, I've got up to 99. I mean, I really wanted to hit that 100, and I wanted to be. Now officially on the gun in a game, 99. 99. I've topped out right there. You should just, it should be one of those things like the gun doesn't have, you know, that extra slot, right? Trust it, me. It, I look back at it. You know, I think it was after a strikeout, and I was like, I'm up there right now. <laughs> like, I got to try and do this. Uh, and I kept trying, and I couldn't do it. And I was like, well. But don't throw your arm out either. Don't yeah, throw your arm out. It's not for today. I gotcha. So your high school team wasn't that good, right? We were not. We were not. So you're a 5A pitcher going into your junior year on a team that's not that good. When did you first think that you could play collegially? Well, that summer after the sophomore year is when, you know, things started going crazy, started growing. And then, you know, I started, you know, figuring out a way to move around weights and all the stuff. I had a great coach, Kevin McLean. You know, he was playing in the pros a little bit. So, you know, he knew what was going on. He saw that. and was like, I'm going to work with this guy. And, you know, by my junior year, I was a totally different person. Completely. I was 6'4". I was 185, 190 pounds. You know, I was throwing the ball around upper 80s, something like that. And, you know, at that point, you know, I knew, I knew the way people looked at me and the way they saw me that I had I had some potential to, you know, go further. I would imagine you, you're going from 5'8 to 6'4". That's not right. I imagine you could, I don't know. I'm sure obviously you, you, you had friends in high school and whatnot. And they see you, but like the people that didn't see you, it must've been getting some double takes, right? Like, dude, what the hell oh. happened to him? Or who is that? Is that a different guy? Like, well, who's yeah. that cat? I went from like a little short, you know, kind of chubby kid to this, this tall guy. And then I grew a beard because I could, you know, I thought it was cool. I ended up looking like I was like 25 and I was like, well, I got to cut this off. So yeah, I was, just, I turned into a totally different person. I even people now that knew me in high school don't even recognize me. So yeah. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! So in getting ready for this, I was talking to Josh White and, and we, we kind of actually, he, he kind of told me the story backwards about, you know, turning down the draft, your frame, how you pitch, what you did last year, your stats. And so my first question was, well, how do you go to Juco? That doesn't make sense. But now that we got the other part of the story, right, it sort, yeah. it sort of came together. So at, when you went or I guess when when you were done with high school, what did you think was going to happen? Like, was that your only opportunity? And were you okay with that? Or were you disappointed that there wasn't another door open to you at that time? Well, you know, I was excited, really excited to play collegiate baseball. I, I figured, like, you know, I was at that level. I could play. My ultimate goal, though, was, like I said before, I was tired of sitting on my couch watching Omaha. So I wanted to get to that that big D1 level, you know. So I had, I had an offer from, from a Division two, and then had an offer from junior college. And I was like, well, junior college is, you know, a route where I can get there. So – I took that and I spent half a year there technically because it got canceled the season. 
And between that half a year, I got, you know, I was a totally different person from the person I was a senior year of high school. So that, you know, that transformed from me to a totally different athlete. And, you know, I got a chance to, you know, perform here in Miami. When did you see in yourself through spurt, repetition, practice, training, whatever, that you had the arm to throw it at this level? I started to see it in junior college. They put me on the weights program, you know, all the nutrition stuff and the way they worked out at a collegiate level or like not like a high school level. Even though I learned so much in high school, high school was my foundation with my coach, Kevin McLean. That was huge. But once I got there and really taking taking control of, you know, the strength and conditioning part and all that stuff and, you know, and seeing the numbers I started putting up. Yeah, as I say, so you said high 80s, right? So when, yeah. when did you start ticking into the 90s? And obviously yeah. we, we kind of touched on the where you threw last year, but when you, when that fastball jump into that category, that's elite. Yeah. By the end of my senior year, I was around 90 miles an hour. Then I went, I took some time off and I went to this, uh, this all-star game, high school all-star game. And I didn't throw a pitch below 90 miles an hour. And I was like, okay, I was growing into my body to be honest with you. And then I went to junior college and I started getting in touch with the weights and the program they had there and bought into that started throwing close to 95, something like that. And yeah. But that glove's popping a little different. Yeah, right? yeah. The catcher's glove's was popping. making that noise. Missing some bats. You know, I was like, well, let's just keep doing it. Let's keep getting better. Let's keep going. So is Miami the first D1 team to make contact with you? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, to have your dream school kind of make contact with you the first go around was, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say it's a sign, but, you know, I was all in from the get-go. So like as we, we got to back that up, but why was Miami your dream school? I sort of I think I know yeah. a little bit, but we gotta we gotta yeah. so, we gotta we got lay it out there for everybody. Grown up, complete Miami fan. I have baby pictures of my football in my hand and some, you know, whatever Miami gear on. So my dad's brother, my uncle, he came, he won a national championship here in two thousand one. He's captain of the D line. So they've been coming to football games since nineteen ninety eight to like two thousand three or something like that. So Obviously, they had deep history down here with that, with football. You know, I looked at the baseball program, too, and, you know, it's a historical program. You know, the place that I think, you know, is, is Omaha-bound. You know, I watch it all the time. I haven't seen them there in a while, but, you know, we've been working on that. We've had some some good teams, but, you know, that just struggled at the end. But this team, I feel like, is the chance we got. And, uh, but anyways, yeah, I mean, just this deep history that made that family, you know, cares about this place. Uh, you know, my uncle talks about the school being as good as it is. And uh, we should mention if, if people haven't connected the dots, your last name is Walters. Yeah. Your uncle's Matt Walters. Matt defensive Walters. lineman. Yeah. So is he back in? Uh, well, you're from the Melbourne area, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he back there now? Yeah, he is. He is. So were people was Miami in your family prior to him attending there or because he attended there, then everyone kind of jumped in. And yeah, I, think, I mean, I don't really know behind that. I right. Wasn't Live yet? I really asked that much, but I just but you guys, we grew up Miami fans, all everything. So everything was Miami. So I was like, you know, but you weren't born in two thousand. Were you born in two thousand one? Two thousand. Two thousand. Right. So you definitely. Yeah, I, mean, that, I didn't really know. Right. You're watching. Left, you're watching highlights. You're watching yeah, highlights. They up. All right. They told me they left the babysitter at the house and they went to the national the Rose Bowl. So I was like, all right. Mom and dad went to watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brother, yeah. brother-in-law. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Are you tight with Matt? Oh yeah, yeah. We go fishing all the time. He takes us out on his. We go to the Bahamas, do some little spear fishing all the time. He's big into that, and we. Uh, yeah. I heard, I heard fishing. I heard this whole podcast. If I wanted to, could have been about fishing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of hard not to fish when you're leaving on the east coast of Florida. You know, it's kind of just there's just water, and you're just looking at it, and like, yeah, you might as well fish it. You know. Yeah, I got you. So Matt, Matt, uh, 
obviously we got to talk about one play, but any good stories that resonated with you from that, from his time? I mean, I haven't really talked that that much about it other than he just, he's got a diehard love for this place. And he's like, he's always so excited talking about, you know, oh, the season, the baseball, all this. He's like, he comes down there, he looks at the facilities, like that's not even the same place. I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, I don't even, I don't even recognize it anymore. It's like, Things have changed a little bit since you know 2001. You guys, but... you guys look alike. You look like a young Matt Walters. Yeah, yeah, I get that a little bit. I normally get my dad all the time. I've had people, you know, you know, walking down the street and be like, "Is that Kyle?" No, it's not Kyle. I'm his son, actually. Yeah, but, yeah. but he's a giant too, and your dad was six eight. Yeah, his brothers are tall. It's you got Nathan. He's like six five. Matt's six five, and pops is six eight. So yeah. Oh my god! Uh, so the one thing about Matt. The play that everyone knows, BC interception, Ed Reed takes away. Have you at least oh, talked yeah. about that play? Have you asked oh, yeah. about that? Yeah, okay. We didn't really talk about it. We just straight up pulled it up on the screen. And what's he say? He's very quiet about it. He doesn't really talk much about it. You know, he, he I know he had a great time in his football career and all that stuff, but, you know, he's just still a diehard fan. We don't really talk much about his football stuff. Okay, no problem. Yeah. So then now we'll go back to the, you know, your dream school calls. It's a sign. Yeah. Who calls? What do they say? And what what's your reaction? Yeah, Lopes calls me. He says, you know, we're interested. I'm like, what? Oh. <laughs> was, I had Coach Greg Plecky on my junior college team. He's like, you know, you know where you want to be. You know, where you, you want to go to Miami. And I was like, well, yeah. And I wasn't expecting it at all. I got a call from Lopes, and I was like, this quick already? I don't understand <laughs> where that came from. But uh, I was I was fully set on going uh, back to another season of junior college. It just got canceled. You know, it's through like 18 innings. I was like, all right, well, we got to take this time. We got to regroup and go back. But uh, I got a chance. He's like, you're ready for you now. I was like, shoot. I don't even know if I'm ready, but I'm all in. So I packed my bags. I went. Wait, you you pitched 18 innings your only year in Juco? Yeah, because we, we had 25 games. And you only put, because that was a COVID year, right? Yeah, and then it got canceled. I was like, dang. That's terrible. And so what have you learned, if you've even asked about what they saw or heard, how they didn't even find you? Well, I ended up talking to Lopes a little bit later, and he said he saw me at this, the first tournament, the JUCO tournament. I forgot where it was. But, uh, yeah, they saw me there. I think I remember throwing a couple innings there. I had some good stuff and thought nothing of it, but ended up leading up to a call from him. Make this the day your life changes. The all-new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT on demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT Gyms. First time you're at the light, what do you think? First time you walk on the field, first time you put on the uniform. I mean, that's a little di- – I imagine for someone that cared so much about the school, that had to hit a little different. Yeah, it was it was pretty exciting. I've never never been at that level, never done anything like that. So first time was a little nerve-wracking. Even the first time on the mound, that was pretty crazy. You remember it? Oh, yeah, 100%. Who was it against? It was – actually, that was just practice. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on that thing. Yeah, so – I've, first collegiate inning was uh, I was at NC State. I didn't throw too well. It was really cold up there. I wasn't ready for that. But uh, no, no, they put me in. You know, one of those. I didn't say I did too well my first fall there, but put me in one of those. Uh, you know, blowout games, and I got yeah. a chance to 
myself. I didn't do particularly well, but I did some good some some good things. Learned from it. You know, we went on. So they uh, they say you have this like invisible fastball. What what does that mean? Ex- explain it to me. I don't even know how to explain it myself. I just kind of throw it. You know, they just don't hit it sometimes. So but, is, uh, is it invisible because it's coming out so fast out of your? You know, it's you're you're throwing so hard that out of your yeah. hand it's invisible, or is it something inside of your delivery? I mean, the velocity definitely helps. That's for sure. <laughs> I bet that has increased. You know, the the things that it does. But I guess I spin the ball very well. So it's a really high spin rate. So it almost appears to the hitter that it's rising, so to speak. I don't know. It's like a low approach angle or something. I've been like, gotcha. I've been learning myself, to be honest with you. Got like a plane that's coming in for a landing and then it's, yeah, and it's kind of shooting up, but it's yeah, the ball really can't now, ride. Just by, so is this by accident or is this like something you've developed on your, like. No, see, I've always, I've always had that in, in like that characteristic in my fastball throughout my entire, you know, playing career. I've never known what it was. I just, you know, if I throw the ball up in the zone, I might try to get a swing and miss. And the guys are like coming back, you know, it's appeared, it's appearing to rise. Like baseballs really don't rise. <laughs> their eyes, to their eyes, it's rising. So uh, I guess that it really stays on a good, a good flat plane all the way through the zone. You know, it plays really well up in the zone too. So six walks. Why is your control so good? I didn't really think about it. I just, you know, I was, I was, I was coming after you straight in the zone. I wasn't, I wasn't shying away from, you know, trying to let you hit the ball. You're not nipping. You're not nipping no, on the corner. No, I'm not trying, you know, pinpoint on the outside corner. If I miss a little bit over the plate, it's okay. You know, I'm trying to make you hit the ball. I'm trying, yeah. So I mean, I'm coming right out with all my good stuff. I'm coming straight so at. Where's you. that? So where's that confidence come from? Because that's a mindset too. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just wanting to win. I mean, every every at bat, every pitch, you just want to win it. Like you know, it's it's important important to win each pitch every pitch every at bat which ultimately wins the game especially in that closing role that i had so that tenacity that i just i just wanted to to win it win it every time win it at every pitch so i don't have your stats in front of me but i know last year you killed it right i mean era's low opponent batting average low number of strikeouts high walks all that good stuff there is there a at bat a sequence anything from last year that you're like that one stings bro i want that back i'm pissed off about it had a lot of different scenarios where I could have bailed myself out a little easier and ended up getting it done. But I gave up two home runs. I think those were the only runs I really gave up except for the last game. You know the hitters? I don't know their names. I know there's a lefty from uh, – it was a 1-0 ball game. You know, it's it's my time to come in the game, the end of the game, you know. Was it a I, solo shot or – Oh, yeah, a... I threw the eighth inning. I did real well, got out of that. And uh, I remember his first pitch. First pitch to him, he hits it, squeaks it over the – the wall on the right, and I was like, "Dang, that's my first run." And I remember, remember giving it up, and I was like, "Kind of pissed me off a little bit." So I took it out of the next. Two I was hitters. about to say, "Yeah, what happened?" I was about to say the next guy. I didn't. I, I would not have been. Uh, yeah, the next three guys. You know, I was like, "You have to strike out of here." Did you get it? Work. Did you? Did yeah, you get I got to strike out the next three. You know, I got out of there. You know what? That would have been a time, Andrew, for a hundred. That might have been the time yeah. for a hundred. That was my second inning, so I was, you know, I was running low on fuel. So I got gotcha. you. I just had to get it done with what I had. What do you like on the bench? Like, what do you like during the game leading up to you're the closer? I'm a crazy team guy up to, like, probably the sixth, seventh inning. At that point, I got to, you know, get ready, get myself ready and all that. But, no, I'm I'm a crazy screamer. You know, things happen on the field. I like to get loud. I like to root on. You know, like to eat snacks and dug out with all the guys. You know, just all that stuff. You know, pay attention to What are we to snacking game. on? What are we snacking on? Whatever's a snack, man, to be honest with you, you know, mainly for us, for me, I, I don't really go crazy on the fruit. 
stuff like that. Maybe some crackers from time to time, but I'm just watching the game. You know, I got to kind of lock in around seventh inning. So well, yeah, what's that like? When do you, when do you switch? Like, are you solo, like solo Jolo? Are you like off to the side? Are you kind of quiet down? Yeah. What's people know, people know it's kind of, you know, my <laughs> go away, kind of lock in, lock away from everybody else. But basically I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm rooting on, I'm a, full full team guy i'm watching the course of the game you know, obviously the course of the game leads up to when i might pitch so if i know things are going on things are getting a little tight then you know, i have to go stretch myself out you know yeah, what's the routine when you get down to the bullpen see the bullpen that's the thing about it you know there is there is no routine you could be going in at any time you know anywhere i kind of have a little bit you know of a time when i'm a, i might have to go down there because i'm i'm technically designated for the eighth and the ninth or just the ninth so I kind of have a little bit of leeway, but basically, you know, that the game turns within one hit, I got to be ready to go. So I got to kind of stay loose between the seventh and the ninth inning. And then once, once my name is called to get hot, I just, you know, I got to get my, my quick eight throws in. I got to get my, myself ready on the mound. I'm ready to go in the game just like that. Join us at Gulfstream Park this spring with live action Thursday through Sunday. Enjoy entertainment outdoors at the Carousel Club or feast in 10 Palms. Not hungry? Visit our many on-site shopping locations from fashion stores to home furnishings. For schedules, reservations, and tickets, visit GulfstreamPark.com. What's to do from the Mets with the entrance? It's the Mets, right? Oh, yeah, that's Evan Diaz, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we get anything close? We don't, have, we don't have a big entrance, do we? No, I mean, they don't, they don't play the walkout song till, till I get on the mound and start throwing. So, I mean, it's kind of... You get to pick your song? Yeah, but honestly, I've been trying to find a song like that, but I don't want to have that song. I want to have something, you know, unique. So I'm still looking. I want All something right. that the crowd can clap to, something like that. So I'm, I'm still on the hunt, something for a good, a good entrance song. We gotta so. find you a song. We're gonna find you a song. Yeah, we're gonna find think, one. We're gonna when this podcast release, we're gonna get you a song. We're gonna All crowdsource right. it and get you a song. That sounds good. That sounds good. Um, so are we closing this year? Whatever he needs me to do, I'm not. I'm on both sides. Whatever it takes us to go to Omaha is where I'm at. I'm kind of just getting my arm in shape for whatever best helps the team. Second pitch, we 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 big on that. We need a third, a second, or a third. We yeah, we, I've we been working that. on second and third. You know, and throwing throwing multiple innings in the falls really helped me. You know, enhance those. So I've been working on a slider and I got a change up. It's got got a little bit of a three pitch mix right now. And yeah, I, there was multiple points last year where I could have bailed myself out a little bit easier. So you know, I'm trying to. What if you had another pitch to go if to? No, just another pitch, another pitch to show. I could have bailed myself out a whole lot easier than I made it on myself. So yeah. Who gives you problems on your team as a hitter? Over the years, I mean, I've faced Yo-Yo so many times. Uh, you know, he kind of knows me. He knows what's coming. And I think I got him in the beginning a little bit, a little bit. You know, now he's he's pretty set on. He he knows the report and CJ and most of the guys. It's when I get up on the mound now, you know, they know what's coming. They know what it looks like. You know, they know how to adjust. So. I was going to end up working a little harder. All right. And give me the scouting report on little bro. What's he throwing? What's he coming with? He's honestly low 90s. He's got a way better. I'm not going to, you know. Yeah, not a little bit. A little bit. Just keep it a, a little, secret. Yeah, he's got a little bit better breaking ball right now. All right. Good Don't let him hear that. Don't let, yeah. if he, But even if he throws a good one in practice, you got to talk. He, gotta, he probably does hear it, but I'm not going to get it. Yeah, him. that's all right. Never. Yeah, he's working on changing just like me. No, he's kind of it's kind of like a mini me, so to speak. Does he look like you? If he was, if he was standing right next to you, with like dead ringers. Yeah, yeah. We both had a beard not too long ago, and I've been called Brian before. He's been called. <laughs> I would say 
I've also been called Tyler Van Dyke sometimes, you know, up in public. Oh, yes. Yeah. I do see that a little. Do you know yeah. him at all? No. I mean, I've met him. I met him on the baseball field a little bit. I, I We say what's up sometimes, but. All right. Sorry. Last thing. So uh, do you take a you take a fishing rod on the road? I read that. Is that true or not true? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do have a little small rod. That I gets through play. TSA? Like, uh, yeah. I, I, try to, I put it in my travel bag. <laughs> right under the plane. So, yeah, I try to I try to fit one in there. You never know what kind of downtime you might have. When the place where do you is fish cool. here? In Miami, like where do you? I mean, obviously not far, but like wherever. Yeah, any any place that opens up to the ocean, I've caught some fish over there, and then all these small little ponds. They have these peacock bass in them. I've been having fun with those too. So yeah, anywhere, really. anywhere I can find. I bet you, not, you. So you can cast it pretty good. I mean, if you got a ninety-five mile per hour heater, I guess you can yeah, cast good. The, the rod is it's terrible. I'm not gonna lie to you. It, it barely gets the job done. But we've we've <laughs> done some damage with it. We've done some damage. Me and my Last year, Jordan Dudley, we we did some damage over there. We brought we brought our travel rods. All right, Andrew, man, this has been great. Um, we're gonna I'm gonna try. I, I'm gonna make a note for two things. One, we need the the the, the team fo- the pitching the staff photo before the game first game, and then we're gonna work on that walkout song. All right, we're gonna crowdsource it. We're gonna figure it out. Do I'm it. Make, I'm gonna make it my mission. All right, let's do it. All right. Hey, buddy, thanks for the time. Have a great year. We'll be out at the park, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Have a great night. You too. All right, Andrew was great, man. Can't wait to get out to Mark Light. Check out the UM baseball team. Check out Andrew coming out of the bullpen and knocking it down. Did you know you can change the course of your career or find your new passion? Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you.